on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the Crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me want to shout. McCoy in the backfield takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They'll look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block. Here's X-Fam. Radio, 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, Utica, Rome, now heard on 96.5 FM, it's happening in Mohawk Valley, it's going down, that tomato pie is going down my to my belly, that's what's going down, uh, maybe you're listening on the app. You're an app person. We like app people. You download the ESPN app. There's a listen tab there. You find us, and off you go into the big, bold world, doing things, making things happen, making mom proud, right? You make mom especially proud when you say, Mom, I did this, and I did it while listening to the ESPN app. And she said, oh, you know how to use that smartphone, Shunny. I knew I taught you well. So however you're listening today, you can listen on Alexa. Just enable the ESPN Syracuse skill. Tell her, hey, Alexa. Play ESPN Syracuse. Maybe on the podcast. Like, I don't care. There's so many different ways. I lose track. But you're here. You're listening. We like that. We appreciate that. Hello. How's your Wednesday going? Let's get over that hump, baby. Here's how you get in touch with the show. Get that opinion heard. The phone number is 437-7644. Of course, put a 315 area code in front of that. You can always tweet me, Brent Axe Media, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. I would encourage you to follow this radio station on Twitter as well at ESPN Syracuse. And we have a text line too, if you prefer that function to send the hot takes our way. That's hot. 288-0644 is the on the block text line. A lot happening that we want to hear from you today on. We have one guest that will be with us here in studio. It's kind of sad, right? Because our weekly visits with Julian Wiggum are going to start to wind down a little bit. This football season starting to wind down. We've still got some things to sort out, though. Awards and what bowl game they're going to and getting ready for said bowl game, which we think is going to be the Camping World Bowl, but kind of have to ride it out till Sunday just to make sure. So we'll talk to Julian about what kind of season this was, how his prediction that this team could win 10 games is still very much alive, and all the usual hijinks and tomfoolery when our good friend Julian Wiggum hangs in studio. We'll be doing that in the 5 o'clock hour. We've got hot takes as usual, which can I just, can you give me like two minutes on your NHL best number one team in the National Hockey League, Buffalo Sabres? Did I just say that? I don't care what the calendar says. I just said that. 
We'll do that during hot takes. Uh, we've got more Syracuse football matters to get into. More, I don't know who's voting for these ACC awards, but more ridiculousness there. I did not. Maybe I should have because I could have straightened everybody out. I'm just who's voting for Greg Dorch for Player of the Year? I mean, stop it with these Homer picks already. So we'll get into that a little bit. But of course, basketball is prominently on our mind today because Syracuse is back at it. They've had a week off to get refreshed and ready for Frank Howard to get that much more healthy for Pascal Chukwu, who will play tonight, to get that much more healthy from a bit of a groin strain. And tonight, to me, and I could be proven dead wrong, as always, <laughs> when things tip off tonight, but I don't think I'm going to be proven wrong on this. What I want to see from Syracuse tonight, and what I think we need to see from Syracuse tonight, if they're going to get a win over Ohio State on ESPN2, and not put themselves in a hole non-conference-wise. Now, we discussed this a bit on yesterday's show. I'm sure many of you read Mike Waters' piece on this, and, you know, sometimes you see these headlines and these articles. You're like, ah, oh, come on, that's clickbait. What do you mean it's a must-win in November? That's ridiculous. But that's why you got to read the article and see the meat and potatoes and the details of it, and then you read that and you look at the track record of Syracuse having three non-conference losses and how that related to them making the, the tournament, and it's not good. How early wins matter, how beating Texas A&M in Connecticut in November of the 2015-16 season actually helped Syracuse's cause to make the NCAA tournament in March. It is a four-month haul. Non-conference schedules have never mattered more. I'm still not quite sure what this net rating thing is that the NCAA is putting up, and I know what it is, but when they put out that first ranking this week, I was like, ah, um, ah, um, I'm like the kid in the back of the room, like, okay, like I know what this is, but I don't get it, right? Remember that scene from Big, Tom Hanks, he's in the the big meeting, everybody just kind of raises his hand, he's like, I don't get it. What I do know is that Ohio State is number one in that thing, that Ohio State is 16th in the AP poll, in the coaches poll, and beating Ohio State would be a big, fat, meaty non-conference win that Syracuse needs because they went to Madison Square Garden and lost to Oregon and UConn. And one of the big reasons why was because they didn't have the beef down low. They got beat up. They got pushed around in those games, not to mention they couldn't hit water if they fell out of a boat shooting the ball and did not have Frank Howard in those games. Well, now you got Frank Howard back. Now you're at least on the mend a little bit in terms of what the offensive flow should be. Tyus Battle has had 23, 16, and 17 points, seems to be more aggressive, seems to have it back together, can focus on being the player he needs to be. O'Shea Brissett, well, he didn't shoot that well against Colgate, was more of the player he needs to be. But to me, this is a game about grit. It is a game about defense, getting that 2-3 zone. You're not going to fix it in one game. But too many open shots for all those teams mentioned. And sometimes you just got to look at somebody if they're two or three steps behind the three-point line, and you just have to say, if you can make that, I wish you luck. And Some teams have done that, and some teams have not. UConn certainly did it. Colgate did it for the first half, but not for the second Tonight is the type of night you're on the road in Columbus where you got to challenge all shooters. It's not a matter of, ah, just give them that shot. No. This has got to be 
not the Philadelphia Flyers mascot, though he's great. But this has to be a gritty type of win for Syracuse, a gritty type of game. I don't think you're going to get Ohio State into a game that you want to play. You're going to have to get into the mud pit with them a little bit. Ohio State is a team that right now is averaging 14 turnovers per game. And the name to watch tonight, and again, I I could be proven wrong on this, Syracuse tends to highlight the random who the heck is that guy who has a big game against Syracuse. Well, one of those guys this year was Eric Cobb of Connecticut who had seven offensive rebounds against the Orange, not to mention 13 points, and gave Syracuse fits throughout that game. It was a great inside-out combination. Connecticut, I mean, Connecticut was hitting some shots from New Jersey, I'm crying out loud, but it was a combination of Adams making shots, Connecticut going inside out, and Cobb making Pascal Chuku and Barama Sidibe just, you know, their heads constantly turning like what just happened inside. Even when you put Merrick Dolzhai at center, which I think Syracuse will do a little bit more than they have in recent games tonight, but even when that happens, even he has been off his usual gritty X-factor, you know, give him the ball around the hoop, he's going to make you pay if you don't pay attention to him type of games. Not to say he can't have a big game tonight, and I think that he can, and I think that if Syracuse is going to have success tonight, he needs to. We mentioned it, and Jim Beheim told us the last time we chatted with him that Barama, while getting better, is not 100%. We mentioned Pascal's injury, and... You know, Syracuse has to show that they can flex some muscle. Now, it's all on how the refs call the games, what they let you get away with, but Pascal and Barama really need to step up tonight. And I'm talking about on the defensive end. I don't care what their offensive numbers are. Rebounds, defensive plays, let Merrick be the offensive threat. If Pascal and and Barama are getting looks, I mean, certainly you take them. To use the old expression, you take what the defense gives you. But I'm curious to see if Syracuse can do this. You know, I'm really impressed with Chris Holtman. And it was one of those things that I kind of knew what he was building in Ohio State, how good they've been. You've kind of heard about this guy, and then you kind of look at the numbers, and you see that he's been the coach of the year in three different conferences, that he had Ohio State at 25-9 and last year. They're 6-0 and to start this year. Some, I think it was our boy Jim CBW who tweeted me and said, hey, Ohio State's a six-point favorite. What do you think about that? What do I think about that? They should be. They're a top 15 team. They're a better team than Syracuse right now. They're at home. They're number one in the net ranking. Like, what else do I need to tell you? No, but seriously, they should be favored in this game. It's November 28th. No one's season in college basketball is made on this day. However, There are postcard moments that happen throughout a season. There are about five or six games that you can point to and say, these were turning points. These directed and guided your season down a certain path. This will be one of those games. Win or lose, I can almost guarantee you that in March, when we are looking back saying, okay, what were the games that guided Syracuse a certain way, whatever way it is, This will be one of them. There's some pretty big non-conference games to come in December, but those are more nostalgic. Those are more big games because they're big scheduled games, namely Georgetown, right? 
This is a big game for a matter of this year, this team, the tournament. And as Jim Beheim will consistently say, including when we interview him tomorrow, and I guarantee you at some point he will say this, we have to get better. Well, this is one of those games where you have to show as a team you are getting better. You got five in the books. You got Frank back. You had him for practice for a whole week. You have been set right to the way you want to play a basketball game. You are not a complete team by any stretch of the imagination. There is a long road to go here. But this is a postcard game. This is one of when you're on a long highway trip, right? You drive by so many signs, but there are certain signs that you know mark where you are. There's a lot of you that listen to me that that drive a lot. I used to, you know, commute from Utica to Syracuse, from Syracuse to Utica, and I could do that drive in my sleep, but there's just certain markers along the way where I kind of know, like, you know, it just marks off certain things in your brain, like, okay, I know that if I'm here by this time, I'll be home, right? If you're somebody who drives the throughway a lot, you can time it exactly like, okay, I've got to pee now, but I'm not going to stop at this rest stop. I'm going to stop at the next one, and they've got a better coffee place there. And you know what I mean? Like, you know the path. This game tonight is one of those markers that will stand out. We'll see if it's a win. We'll see if Syracuse can man up a little bit, get physical inside, match the physicality of Ohio State, or find a way around it. Make them play the way they want to play. What I'm looking for tonight from Syracuse is a little presence. It's a little like, yeah, we've had some issues in in our first five games, but tonight you play with confidence, you play with purpose, and you, as best you can on the road, dictate how a game goes. Or if Ohio State can get into their flow, you can flex a little muscle and come back at them. Now there's one player there, and we'll get into this more later in the show, that I just don't know how to forecast what kind of game he's going to have. And that's O'Shea Brissett. Because if he can find a way to challenge some Ohio State defenders and play the game he wants to play, he'll be great. If he falls back on habits that, you know, are not old, they're like two weeks ago at Madison Square Garden, just firing up shots that are given to him and consistently taking them if they're not there and if he's not making them, then... We'll see what kind of adjustments are made. This is a big game. Is it a must-win game? Call it that if you want. If you come out of this 3-3 three and three with three non-conference losses to Oregon, UConn, and Ohio State, your season is not over. But what you've done is you've made more work for yourself. 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. The text line is 288-0644. As we continue to talk in this weird world where the basketball team is in the others receiving votes category and fighting its way into the poll and the football team is in the poll and we are doing some last-minute lobbying not to get them in a bowl game but to get them in the bowl game, right, the Camping World Bowl. As I will discuss later in the show, as was, a, I don't know, if, I don't think this person would have a problem with me saying who it was on the air, but Somebody made a convincing case to me today that maybe we shouldn't just brush off the pinstripe bowl. And I was, I respectfully disagreed with this person. I I see, I hear where you're coming from, that it's a great point that you make, but the point I made to them was you're still going to have to really sell this. 
on your fan base if, in fact, it is the pinstripe bowl, which I don't think it's going to be. But again, you always got to leave a window open. Bowl games are weird. Bowl committees are weird. By the way, I got to reach out to Chris Carlson because I don't know if this was a typo or not. Did I read correctly in Chris's piece today that there is a 200-person committee for the Camping World Bowl? Tell me that was a typo, and it's 20. 200 people on a committee? What? I don't know if that helps or hurts Syracuse's chances, but you couldn't get me to join a 200-person committee if, you know, Lee Baldwin had a stock tip that was guaranteed. I don't know. Maybe I would in that case. Let's bring in our man, Lee Baldwin, ladies and gentlemen. See those diamonds and dogs from the market today on this Wednesday. How you doing, Lee? I'm doing great, Brent. How about you? I'm doing great. We're getting over that hump. How'd the market do today? Day three. We're up day three. And actually, this was a good one. Up over 600 points now in the Dow. we're talking. There we go. There you go. Best day since March, I think. Wow. So for those keeping Boom. score at home. Nice. Um, we're going to stay with uh, retailers today. Our diamond was Burlington Stores. They were up 12% as they crushed their growth uh, estimates. And our dog was Tiffany, down $12 a share. Uh, there may not be enough little blue boxes under the trees this year. So. <laughs> no, we're, get, we're getting Burlington coats instead. Yeah, we're getting Burlington yeah. coats. You look outside. It makes exactly. sense, doesn't it? Exactly. We're being economical this year. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Right, have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. That's Lee Baldwin. You can find him at LeeBaldwin.com, or better yet, stop in and see him in Casanova and Utica. Get the best stock advice and get more diamonds than dogs this holiday season and setting up yourself for a long-term future. We will break on that note. We will come back, certainly talk more SU hoops. We'll transition into some football discussion as well. Man, do they keep screwing up these awards. What, just Can we please find out who votes in these things? Because I need to call you out one by one. And I need to say, the guy is drunk. Pretty much. Let's break on that note. We'll come back. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back. You're on the block. Moose out front should have told you. It's presented by Fusillo Automotive. It's great to have you here. Hit the thing. Let's do this. I'm ready for some takes. We need some hot takes. It's snowing out. We've got a hot one for you. Oh, you're hot. Why, thank you. So are you. And I'm not afraid to cry. So hot. So hot and hot. Man, it's hot. How hot is it? It's so hot, I poured McDonald's coffee in my lap to cool off. (laughs) It's time for Hot Takes on the Block. So we don't have uh, a Sabres equivalent. Uh, They do have some songs that are are Sabres related that we could play, but I just kind of have this queued up for now, so I'll kind of... The Bills make me want to kick your heels up I mean, it's not the Bills, right? But... I don't know, maybe we could go with this. Let's go with this for now. And then we'll get some better Sabres-related songs. But I know my Sabres fans are out there. And you know what I see today, kids? I see the National Hockey League standings. And what I see are the Buffalo Sabres looking down on every other team in the National Hockey League. Give them the cup right now. Get December, January, February, March, April, May, and June. That's how much we've got to go. Hockey seasons are long. Give it to them right now! 
Well, not quite. But listen, can the Sabres sustain this? I, I don't know. But can the Sabres be that Vegas Golden Knights? There's no way they keep this up all year long. And then you look back in March and you're like, they're still there. And then the next thing you know, dare I say, I, I, I don't even want to tempt the sports gods. This is Buffalo we're talking about here in the Stanley Cup Final. 17-6-2, 36 points. Looking down on everyone else. Crown them. You want to crown them? Crown them right now. This is amazing. This is one of the best stories in sports, and I'm not just saying that. It's a team that Sabres fans just think how bad it was to be a Bills fan and a Sabres fan at certain points. And the Bills kind of, you know, balanced the scales last year because they were a team that scratched and fought and clawed. Next thing you know, thanks to Andy Dalton and company, they're in the playoffs. And you believe in what Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean are doing for the most part, that Nathan Peterman thing. we got to figure this out. you got to go to a therapist to tell me your obsession there. But for the most part, yeah, they feel good about this, right? Sabres fans wanted to feel good. They wanted to think that Jason Bottrell, who helped build the Pittsburgh Penguins Stanley Cup teams, was going to build the same type of thing here, and that Phil Housley was the right coach, and they can believe in Jack Eichel and Casey Middlestad and Linus Olmark and the young talent mixed in with some veterans now. Okay, I see where this is going. I see what you're building here. I want to believe in this. But for this team to at any point this year, I don't care how early it is, be the best team in the National Hockey League, no one saw that coming. Ten-game winning streak. Another overtime win last night. And look, that's not luck. When you get to overtime and win as many one-goal games as the Sabres already have this year, you know what that is? That's a good team. That's a good team that knows how to play in good spots, that is coming together chemistry-wise. Since Housley, sometimes you just push the right button and let it go. Remember in uh, Miracle when they put the Coneheads on the same line and they just clicked and boom, right? You go with it. Since they have put Eichel and Skinner. Can we talk about Jeff Skinner and my man crush on Jeff Skinner? But since they've put Eichel... Skinner and Pominville on the same line. Magic has happened. Jeff Skinner has clearly been the best signing in the NHL. And it's him. who They go to overtime again last night. You know what I say to myself? Oh, Skinner's just going to score the winner. And before I could get it out of my mouth, Skinner scores the winner. Hey, that rhymes, right? So can you just, if you see a Sabres fan and you can't wipe the smile off their face right now, just let us enjoy this, please. Because this is Buffalo sports, and there's probably another shoe that's going to drop at some point. But let me have our, let us have our moment. Let me have my moment, okay? Because before that, the greatest thing with the Sabers that I could relate to in the last three years was that ice cream that came out, that Perry's ice cream sent here for us, and I enjoyed live on the radio, and what an experience that was. And I still get the Let's Do Buffalo whenever I can. It's delicious ice cream. That was my highlight for like the last three years with this hockey team. Now they're playing good hockey. So just let us enjoy the moment. I know it's November. That's hot. I know there's a long way to go, but they said that about Vegas last year. And look what they did. Jeff Skinner, love you. I love you. Okay, what just happened? I just I just blacked out for a few minutes. Did we just talk Sabres hockey for four minutes? I, I don't, I just... I need a moment here. I just, whew. 
That's hot. That that absolutely was is what that was. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not how long can I take a take. This is just fun with audio as we frequently like to do. In a frequent sub, I feel like we should have our own open for Frances at this point. Like we have this open. It's now time for how long can Brent take a take? And we're not doing that officially here, but I feel like Frances at this point should have his own open on this show. Let's listen. Well, he's long ago turned into it. He's long ago turned into a shocky, and shocky got away with it because it was early in his career. It's early in Eli's career. He couldn't put the hammer down. But what happened is shocky left, and they won two Super Bowls. And shocky never saw anything close to a Super Bowl. See the things Shockey did play in the Super Bowl. He did go to a he remember the Super Bowl he played in with the Saints? You don't you don't remember that part. Oh, okay. I thought we had audio of that, so well, he's long I just had the Francesa clip here. And see Shockey he played with the Giants in the Super Bowl, Mike. I thought you knew that. Carry on. That's hot. Play the thing. That's hot. Here we go. Mike Francesa, ladies and gentlemen. When you do a radio show in New York and you talk about the Giants, you should know that Jeremy Shockey, he was was on a team that went to the Super Bowl with, with that team. Well, he's long ago turned into a, he's long ago turned into a shocky, and shocky got away with it because it was early in his career. It's early in Eli's career; he couldn't put the hammer down. But what happened is shocky left, and they won two Super Bowls. And shocky never saw anything close to a I Super did, Bowl. But see, he did go. Never mind. Get that Francesa app; it's only nine dollars a month. Now, Seth gave this to me, Seth Goldberg, and. It's pretty good, and I listened to it during the break, and it's creative, but I can't. These parody songs are funny, but sometimes you can't understand what they're saying. I'm just going to play a little bit of this for you. Like, can you guys, under, maybe I'm just old, but can you understand the lyrics of this? Because the parts I did here were actually pretty funny. So this was, I believe, Sports Channel 8 in North Carolina, and they made a little parody song because Mac Brown, North Carolina, Really raced to the front of the line to get Mac Brown back because people were just beating down doors to get Mac Brown to come coach again in college football. But anyway, uh, if you're a fan of the song "Return of the Mac," they did a parody of that, and I mean it's good, but I couldn't really understand it. But I'm old and losing my hearing because I wear headphones every day. Maybe you guys will hear it. Yeah, I heard that. That was But there's no Merrill Return of the 
See, I don't know what they said right there. Did you understand that? There was a full house thing in there, and Roseanne was back, and Murphy Brown's back, and no one's watching that. And Seth's like, you got to play this. It's funny. And I'm like, I understood like four lines from that thing. So That's hot. There you go. I, I said I would play it. Maybe you guys heard it, and you're just like, come on, Grandpa. Clean your ears out. Didn't you hear that? Uh, I don't necessarily want to call this breaking news, but it's certainly interesting news. Joel Sherman, who I believe is still with the New York Post, right? He uh, tweeted, you ready for this, kids? For you that follow the Central New York athletes that have made it big department. Patrick Corbin, via Joel Sherman, still of the New York Post will be in New York meeting with Yankees officials tomorrow. As of now, there is no plan to meet on the same visit with New York Mets executives. And Sherman goes on to tweet this. Corbin has seemed Yankees' top priority this offseason. If they were able to secure him with Paxton, they would probably think the offseason would be a success. But the Phillies and others are threats. The Yankees' edge, as noted here, Corbin grew up upstate, a Yankee fan, and oh yeah, Lots of money. Corbin's, I have no inside knowledge on this. I've talked to nobody that's close to the situation or any of those code words that people use. I just think he's going to end up there. I think when you have a chance, when you are at the peak of your career, to cash in, to play for your hometown team, air quotes, the team you grew up rooting for. You know, the Yankees are certainly the most popular team here in central New York, though. As much as that pains me to say as a Red Sox fan, the Sox are right there. But come on, this is a Yankee town, and we know it, right? Corbin on the Yankees, how cool is that? Because while we have other Central New York connections out there that are, and we follow all of them, right? The big-time athletes that go, and as reminded to me on Twitter from Amy, who said that would be the second Central New York acquisition of the offseason, they picked up Tim LaCastro from Auburn and Ithaca College in a trade with the Dodgers. One thing to root for the Yankees, it's quite another to root for somebody that you know has made it big on the major league level and now can do it with the New York Yankees, Jerry, right? So I think Corbin is going to end up with the Yankees. You look at your options, you talk to all the teams, you take your free agent tour. But again, no inside knowledge here, just an educated guess. And how cool would that be? Because to stay up, and you know, Grandpa can't stay up this late, some of you do, but the thing with Corbin was he played for the Diamondbacks. And you're like, well, I want to watch his games, but they're on at 11 o'clock at night half the time. Well, if he's on the Yankees, it'll make it a little easier and a little better to follow the hometown, the hometown boy made good. So he's meeting with the Yankees tomorrow. We'll see when news comes out about that, but I would consider them certainly the leaders in the clubhouse. And that would be a leaders in the clubhouse baseball reference, not leaders in the clubhouse golf reference. So you can take that any way you want. Or we can listen to this parody song again, which I don't understand half the words, but it's kind of funny. Did he say bring back the steakum? Is that what he said? See, that's actually pretty funny. The, the, the parts I understood. All right, let's break on that note. Our friend Julian Wiggum will be in studio. We'll talk some Syracuse football coming up. We'll certainly get more into Syracuse and Ohio State, the basketball matchup tonight at the ACC Big Ten Challenge. You're on the block, ESPN Radio. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye-bye.